Getting sober requires a lot more than mind over matter, a lot more than willpower. It's about leveraging the support around you. People in recovery typically need a mix of medical help, emotional support, and changes in lifestyle to manage their addiction, not just mental determination. As both a therapist and someone embracing the recovery lifestyle, there's one tool I always recommend to people needing extra accountability, Soberlink. Soberlink is a high-tech breath analyzer system designed to help you get and stay sober. And here's why I love it. You'll test the same day every day, eliminating testing anxiety. Friends and family receive instant test results, helping you rebuild trust and preventing relapse. Accountability is a part of that, and it's something to really be embraced. Devices have built-in facial recognition, so your support circle knows you're testing, and tamper-resistant sensors flag any attempts at trying to beat the system, so your sobriety is never questioned. So let 2024 be your best year yet. Visit Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M to sign up and receive $50 off your device. That's Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M. And let accountability be your guide. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. We are on to episode 99 Wow, I can't believe that we are going to cross the 100th episode threshold. When I started this podcast, I committed to do 104 episodes. And uh, wow, I'm almost there. People might ask, why did I decide to do 104? I figured, oh, if I did one episode a week, that's 52 weeks in a year. I'll do it for two years and I'll get 104 episodes and then I'll decide what I'm going to do after that. But, you know, about three years later, four years later, I'm getting to the 100th episode. So it took a little bit longer than I thought, but I hope you guys are all enjoying it and getting a lot out of it. And I really appreciate all the positive support and feedback I've gotten in this journey. So, wow, the next episode will be 100. But this episode is 99. So our guest today is Erica Flint, and she is going to talk about hypnotherapy and how hypnosis can help you move beyond, overcome some of your blocks in your life and really reach your full potential. This is something that I wanted to talk about and and understand because I've heard of hypnosis. I've never experienced it personally, but um, I really loved what she had to say about it and talk about it. She made it really clear and understandable. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope it's really good. If you are enjoying the Addicted Mind podcast, don't forget, rate and review us on iTunes or share the podcast with a friend. I'd really appreciate it. And think about joining our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and type in the Addicted Mind podcast, click join, and you can continue the conversation online there as well. All right, everybody, let's go ahead and start this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. My guest today is Erica Flint. Erica, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So I spent about 15 years in high tech as a software engineer and went through some a really low period in my life and ended up wanting more. And so I became a hypnotist and now I get to help 
people retrain and reprogram the most powerful computing device in the world, which is the human mind. And so I love helping people with all sorts of issues. I love to help people lose weight, stop drinking, stop smoking, uh, sleep better. And I help a lot of entrepreneurs uh, get out of their own way so that they can be successful. And I'm also a best-selling author and I love helping people. My latest book, Can You Be a Hypnotist, is all about taking people who've been through challenges in their own life and then they want to become a hypnotist themselves and turn around and help other people. So that's the other part of what I do is I help uh, entrepreneurs and people with big hearts that want to be of service in the world. I help them become hypnotists and help other people in the world make the world a better place. Awesome. That's the whole reason I, I wanted you on the podcast because I'm really curious about hypnotism. I've heard of it. I have clients that ask me about it. Hey, have you tried this? I'm like, well, I, I don't I don't know. So I was excited to have you on so you could explain it and talk about it and we could discuss it in more detail. Yeah. And a lot of people have questions about hypnosis because for most people, you know, their experience with hypnosis is, oh, they saw something on, you know, like America's Got Talent or they went to the fair and they stopped, they saw a stage hypnotist or uh, their high school graduation, they had a hypnotist. And so that's people's primary experience is with stage hypnosis. And so I love telling people, how do we take what you might see on a stage hypnosis show? How do we turn that into something extremely useful in your everyday life once we make it into the hypnosis office. So just let me know what questions you have about it. <laughs> Great, because that's that's been my experience is, you know, going to the fair and seeing the guy on stage uh, who makes people do crazy things or do a, you know, a crazy dance or I don't know, stand on their head, all sorts of crazy stuff and, and the crowd goes wild and everything like that. So that's been my experience of hypnosis. But you're talking about something a little bit different. You're talking about what I understand is like a clinical hypnosis or a hypnosis that can help you move through what some of the stuff you were saying earlier, addiction or eating issues or smoking or probably a lot of other stuff too. Right, right. And one of the things that I will tell people is they'll say to me, um, oh, Eric, are you going to make me bark like a dog? Or are you going to make me cluck like a chicken? And they're trying to reference, you know, what they see in stage hypnosis. And one of the things I want everybody to understand about hypnosis really is that, you know, yes, you can do things in hypnosis like you see in a stage hypnosis show, but those shows really are for entertaining and so the purpose of those shows really is to demonstrate, wow, isn't this a cool function of the mind? Is it really possible for me to be able to uh, forget my first name? And, and under what circumstances would that be useful, right? Well, it's not really useful in that case. And so can we take that function, though? Is there something that, you know, can we demonstrate the power of the mind and help you not experience the pain? the chronic pain that you've been experiencing. Can we use hypnosis and help you overcome your limiting beliefs and figure out why you keep eating even though you're not hungry? And so I like to ask my clients when they when they ask me those questions about clicking like a, a chicken or barking like a dog, I say, well, is that what you really want to do in your life? Like that, that can kind of demonstrate the power of hypnosis. But if we're really talking about empowering your mind, what would you really like to do? Because nobody has ever once asked me to, to be able to cluck like a chicken in a therapeutic right. setting. People aren't interested in that. Yeah, they want to stop smoking. They want to stop smoking. And so, you know, that really 
is part of my job as a hypnotist is to say, hey, you know, that's that's cool and that's, that's interesting, but if you really could have the full power of the human mind, what would you really want to do? Right. Like, how would you want to use your, your mind to get where you want to go? Right. Because mo- nobody has ever once said to me, oh, I want to cluck like a, a duck or something like that. It's always, I want to sleep better. I want to be able to fall asleep at night and wake up in the morning and have all of this energy. I want to be able to focus when I want to be able to focus. I want to be able to get over procrastination. I want to be able to lose the weight. You know, I'm a smart person. I should be able to lose the weight. And how come I'm not able to do it? Those types of things. Right, right. Definitely. So tell me a little bit how you discovered this, because you had said earlier that, you know, you were in a dark space and Mm -hmm. this helped you. Right. So I'll tell this really quick, but I was working for a large computing organization and everything on paper was excellent. You know, great pay, excellent colleagues. Um, we we're solving really cool problems in the world. So everything on paper that you would think would be really good, but I was unsatisfied and I was unhappy. And um, I went through a really low point. It was actually with alcohol. And so, I mean, we can talk about that um, if you'd like, but I had my own struggles with alcohol that I ended up in an emergency room and basically deciding, do I want to continue with my life or not? And so at that point was such a low point in my life. And I decided, you know, is this worth it? Is this the life that, that I want to be living? And I ended up finding hypnosis and hypnosis saved my life. And so I am grateful for my experience with hypnosis. And now, I mean, I'm lucky enough to turn around and be able to help people with the same thing. And so I help a lot of people stop drinking. I help a lot of people you know, stop using food in ways that could be considered addictive. And I'm really good at helping people with that because I've been there. Right. You can understand it. You, you know, that I would call it, you know, that darkness and have come out of that darkness. Exactly. I know the depth of suffering that people go through when they're in an addiction and how terrible it feels and how trapped you feel and how easy it would be to just let it all go and the desire to not wake up. I, I know and understand all of that. And I also know what's waiting on the other side when you're able to get through it. And so that really, for me, that gave me my life's purpose. And so now I just love helping people with the same thing. Like why, why wouldn't I, right? I mean, it's like the most beautiful gift to be able to give somebody their life back in a way that they want it, right? So that they can appreciate their life and, and love being alive and, and all of those things. Awesome. So tell me, how did hypnosis start to help you? And then we can go into like some of, I guess I would say the technical details of like hypnosis and how it works. Yeah, sure. So let me tell you, hypnosis is a normal and natural state of mind. So we go into states of hypnosis all the time. When you're driving a car and you arrive at your destination and you don't recall the last couple of miles, that's a light state of hypnosis. It's a state of being highly focused and aware. And so anytime that you're doing something where time is passing by, like you might be on the floor playing with your grandkids, you might be doing a puzzle, you might be reading a good book, you might be captivated by a really good movie, you know, where someone walks in the room and says, dad, dad, to you and you're like, I didn't even hear you, right? 
It's because you're focused on something. And so hypnosis is a normal and natural state of mind. What we do in the hypnosis office is we enable and help our clients to enter into that state on purpose and for a desired outcome. And so the desired outcome, of course, changes for each of our clients. But really what's happening is they know they want to do something. They know they want to be able to stop drinking or they know they want to be able to not eat so much. And they have all the evidence in the world, right, right, right. that this is a really important thing to do, that their life is 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 on a path to destruction. They're hurting them. Like if we're talking about alcohol, for example, their life is on a path of destruction and they're, help, they're hurting all of the people in their life that are trying to help them and and all of those things. And yet they still can't stop, right? They still can't you know, logically, it makes sense to stop drinking, but they can't seem to actually do it, right? And so this is where we know that there are some things in the subconscious or the unconscious mind that are keeping them from being successful. And so this is where hypnosis is so valuable because hypnosis can cut through all of the limiting BS that our conscious mind holds on to, and we can get directly into the subconscious mind and the unconscious mind to see what are the beliefs that uh, and the imprints and what's going on in there that are keeping you from being successful. And then we work through all of that really deep stuff and we can do it really quickly. So this can be done in a matter of a few minutes because it's basically you're getting to the source of that data. Right. Now there might be number of things that need to be addressed. And it depends on the level of addiction and everything that's been happening. Because as you're probably well aware, a lot of people, the precursor to some level of addiction is usually abuse. It's not some, right. yeah. some, some other type of drug. It usually is some level of abuse, right? So there's usually something that needs to be addressed there. And so for, for my story, my personal story, I had to do a couple of things. One is I had to really find a purpose in my life and become, I became a much more purpose-driven and spiritual person, something that was important to me and, and my, my life purpose, for example. And the second thing that I had to do was kind of clean up some experiences in my life that were very hurtful to me um, at a very deep level that I didn't, I didn't realize it was still impacting me because it had happened so long ago, but guess what? It, it was, it was still impacting me. So doing that work in hypnosis is what helped me come out the other side. And that's why I wanted to become a hypnotist because I wanted to help other people do the same thing. It sounds like when you get to that hypnotic state and you can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, you kind of are able to get to that deeper material, almost like if you want to call it the meta material right. that drives our behavior that we're not always, we're not really conscious of it, but it's there and it's playing out and it's happening and it's driving our, our behavior, our choices that aren't always in our own best interest. That's exactly right. Yeah. So you can think of it in a couple of different ways, but uh, the term for this, a lot of people use is, is a limiting belief. You have a belief inside of you and it limits you in some way. Now, usually people aren't aware of their limiting beliefs. They just know that there's something that is keeping them from being successful. And usually it's a feeling. So usually they can say, oh, I don't, I don't feel confident or I don't feel good doing that or something's making me feel bad. But they can't quite put their finger on what is driving that feeling. Like, where does that feeling come from? What are the thoughts that are happening 
that are causing them to feel that way. They're not consciously aware of it. And so with hypnosis, you're exactly right. We can go in and we can get to the root cause for that level of thinking or those beliefs. And where was that imprint installed? And how do we work through that and come to a deeper understanding, a, a more uh, realistic understanding? Because a lot of limiting beliefs are based on erroneous information. Right. Yeah, definitely. So you you get to these limiting beliefs. And I imagine that if you're in a hypnotic state, is the body more able to to be present with it? Is that is that what's going on? And and so you can sit with those either those uncomfortable feelings or those uncomfortable thoughts long enough to to understand them and deal with them? Yes, that's definitely part of it. And and also part of it is a lot of folks are aware of their own trauma in their life, whatever varying degrees of that trauma could be, whether it is being bullied in school, embarrassed, uh, made to feel ashamed by a parent or teacher, or something more along the lines of sexual or physical abuse. A lot of people are aware of the trauma that they've suffered. However, they still don't know how to release that trauma. So knowing about the issue isn't enough. And a lot of people have done work on their issues in the past too, and they assume that they're done. And this is where hypnosis is so revealing. It's almost as if the light has been turned on. And, you know, when we can kind of what's called bypassing the critical factor, and that's part of the mind that is really protecting us. And this critical factor, basically, if you already believe something, then the critical factor allows that type of information to get through. Now, if you don't believe something like, for example, have you ever met someone where you can see that this is a smart and loving and beautiful person, but you cannot give this person a compliment because they just won't accept it? Have you ever met someone like that in your life? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Many people. Yeah. So they have low self-esteem, low self-confidence. You can see the beauty in this person. You can see how caring they are. You can see how smart they are. You can see how they pull things together and are amazing. But if you try to tell them that, they won't believe you. And that's their critical factor. Their critical factor basically stepping in and saying, no, that's not true. They're just saying that to get something out of you, or they're just saying that to be nice, or they say that to everyone. So the critical factor will come in and there is, you know, negative self-talk that goes along with that. And so in hypnosis, we bypass the critical factor. And that part of the brain is depotentiated, if you will. It's just like not as active. Right. And so then we get to the part of the mind that is the deeper part of the mind that is very loving and very open. And then if you were to give the same person a compliment in a state of hypnosis, they would absolutely accept it at the deepest level of who they are. And that's going to shift how they show up in the world because they know that they're good and they know that they're lovable. So they, they this critical factor is almost like a block that stops them from changing that belief system that comes out of maybe some earlier trauma or earlier experiences that uh, were problematic. This critical factor stops them from being able to change that. And you're going around that critical factor or relieving that critical factor? 
Yeah, I wouldn't say we're going around. I would just okay. say it's just not as active. It's almost like there's no energy being put into it because what we're doing is we're having our clients focus on something else. So it's almost like diverting their attention elsewhere to the subconscious mind. And then all of the energy is being put into the subconscious mind and we're interacting directly with that. So our clients become uh, hyper present, basically, fully present in the moment and act, have access to all of their deeper thinking and everything in the subconscious mind. So how, how do you get them to that state? Is this where the hypnosis comes in and, and they're able to get to that place? Yes. And so this is where our modern, our modern hypnotic techniques are really valuable. So there's a couple of things that we do um, professional hypnotists do to help our clients focus on particular things that helps them enter that state successfully and repeatedly. So we can get our clients to be able to do that every single time. And that's part of what modern hypnotists do. And that's really one of the first things in a hypnotic or hypnosis certification training course. Part of what you would be learning is how can I hypnotize anybody who wants to do hypnosis with me? And that's a really important part because hypnosis is an opt-in state. We're never going to hypnotize, uh, and I would never hypnotize somebody who doesn't want to do hypnosis with me. It's not about covert hypnosis or trying to sneak it. Or if somebody were to say to me, try to hypnotize me, right. Erica, you can't. I, I would say to them, you're right, uh, because hypnosis is an opt-in experience. We do it together, right? And so when people are choosing to enter into that state... So there's some willingness there. There has to, there be, has some to be some willingness. Absolutely. Because really the critical factor, if you think of the critical factor, is a protective mechanism. So the critical factor is a wall that's being put up. And we, we all have this critical factor um, that keeps us safe, right? In an everyday setting. And usually it's exactly what we need. However, if you're not getting the results that you want, then you're probably overprotecting yourself in some way. And there's something inhibiting your best behavior. And that's what we're going to find out in hypnosis. What's, what's really driving the show? You know, some scientists will say that 90% uh, of our behavior is subconscious. So we're not really operating from our conscious. We're not actually choosing to make decisions in our life. It's really operating from subconscious. So that's where we want to go in order to make changes. Take a look at what's going on in your subconscious mind. Right. Absolutely. I, I, I totally believe that most of the decisions we make are done automatically based on pre-programmed information, I guess you could call it. And yeah, we make those decisions. And sometimes when there's something, there's a block in there, we we're making decisions that just really don't help us at all. Right. And we might not even be aware that there's a block. So a lot of times the clients are, that are coming to me are coming to me out of desperation and they're thinking, I've tried everything that I can think of, but it's still not working. And they're also saying things like, you know, I'm, I'm a successful person. They might own a business. They might be a CEO of a large company. So we know that they know how to be successful in some ways of their life. And it's frustrating for people to not be able to be successful. They're accustomed to researching and issue solving, researching and solving. And then when this doesn't work, people get frustrated and think, hey, what's wrong with me? There must be something wrong with me. Right. Like they know there's 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 a block, so to speak. It's like, I know there's a block, but I don't know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it. I can't quite grasp it. And I can't I can't use my old techniques to solve it. It's not working. Right. And it gets very frustrating. So normally our clients are coming to us like when they're frustrated or some level of kind of healthy depression, which is like, I'm just about ready to give up. I'll try this one thing because like 
we've already talked about hypnosis is largely misunderstood because what most people see in the marketplace is stage hypnosis on at the fair hypnosis, that type of thing. Right. And you were also talking about earlier about that this is a, a fairly fast process, like compared to like, I guess when you look at like traditional psychoanalytic therapy that can take years, this is, uh, happens a lot faster with hypnosis, this kind of work. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, well, if you think about a moment in your life, a moment of insight, uh, a moment of insight is what we anticipate and expect in hypnosis. And the type of hypnosis that I do is called insight hypnosis. And so the intention really is that you have this moment of insight that shifts everything. And, you know, so for, for you, Dwayne, have you had a moment of insight in your life that kind of shifted everything for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. There's been moments where it's like all of a sudden the pieces fit together and you're like, oh, that's what's going on. Oh, now I see it. Right. Now I see it. And so this is where hypnosis is so valuable. So for example, let's just use this as a metaphor. So you're trying to solve something in your life and let's, let's just call that a, a dark room. Okay. So you've got a dark room and you're trying to illuminate this room and you're trying to solve this problem. If you walk in that room with a flashlight, okay, a flashlight would be your conscious mind and your conscious mind is analytical and procedural. Your conscious mind, when you have a question, you might go online and search for it. You might ask a friend, you might read a book, you might go to a bookstore and look up that topic. So you know how to use your conscious mind kind of in a procedural way to kind of solve a problem. So that's like you walk in the room and you turn on the flashlight and you're looking around this room for the solution. Hypnosis, on the other hand, is almost as if you walk in the room and just turn the light on. It illuminates everything in the room. And when you look in the corner, you might think, oh my gosh, I thought that I had dealt with that issue 10 years ago, but there it is again. There's still some of it left. And then what happens is when we become aware of the issues that are there, it provides insight. And so our clients get aha moments. And in that second, everything changes. Now, there might be multiple things that need to be gone through, but for the most part, our clients are getting massive results in a single session specifically because we're going into the subconscious mind rather than what, the, what has floated up and become um, aware consciously. So that's how we're able to get such fast results. We're going to the root source. It's kind of being able to see the whole picture, like you said, that whole room in that moment, and then you can have that. I guess I would say sometimes that moment of clarity where you can see it and then you're able to shift that like, oh, that makes sense. I don't really need to do that or I can change that or now that I understand it, I'm not going to do that anymore. That just makes no sense. But you can't see it until you see it. Yeah. And people don't realize it's there and they think it's not there. Right. Right. They think it's not there because it was a long time ago. They're like, oh, gosh, I didn't think that was impacting this situation or, oh, I thought I had already addressed that. And so I call this bad data. Right. And it's like, if you were, you know, you walk in this room and there's a bunch of, you know, like think about it like your garage and you're like, oh my gosh, I thought I took that stuff to the dump or I thought I took that stuff to the Salvation Army, but no, it's still sitting over there. Okay. Now that I know that it's still there, let's get rid of it. Let's work on it. And so that the ability uh, for our clients to use hypnosis and tap into that subconscious part, just to like, see what's there right? And get rid of that bad data is a huge part of the work. And sometimes that can be just such a relief. Like it can be like, oh, I didn't realize I was, I was holding that 
for 20 years, right. you know, and oh my gosh, it's gone. I'm, I'm, I don't need to go there anymore. Right. And I can share just a real quick story to demonstrate this. A little girl comes home from school and she's got her report card and she's got mostly A's, but she has one C on her report card and she loves her dad, but she's a little bit nervous to share this report card with her dad because she doesn't want to disappoint him. But she shows him the report card and dad loves his little girl so much. He doesn't want her to feel bad at all. So in the moment, he says to his little girl, oh, honey, that's okay. Your mom and your brother are the smart ones. You and me, we're the good looking ones. So he says this to his little girl to help her feel better in the moment. But guess what is going to happen to this little girl the next day at school? Do you think she's going to be interested in doing her math homework? Nope. No, because her dad told her that she's the good looking one. So she's going to start paying more attention to how she looks. And of course, you know, this is this is not a real story. This is a fictitious story to demonstrate a point, because I think what we can all understand is in the moment, dad was just trying to help his little girl feel better. But what he said to her had consequences. And a lot of times we have experience in our life that there are unintended consequences that we're not even aware of. And so this particular client, if she were in my office that experience probably would have come up where she made this decision in her life that she wasn't going to care about school anymore because her dad told her she's not good at it. And she would realize as an adult that that's not at all what her dad was trying to tell her to do. Her dad was just trying to make her feel better. He wasn't trying to tell her she wasn't smart. And so that's a limiting belief on her behalf. That was, you know, became part of her life when she was a little girl unintentionally, but that's how these things happen. And I think like what you're saying too, so important to realize is they can be very small moments like that. There's nothing necessarily even abusive about that or anything bad. It doesn't have to be huge. It can be these small moments and the meaning at the time we make out of them can forge our life in a certain direction. And we may not even have the awareness that that's what's happened or that's what's feeding our decision-making. Right. And that's why it's so important to be able to get into the subconscious mind. I did have another quick story that I think is really helpful. I worked with a woman and her brother. When she was little, her brother died. He died in a, in a motorcycle accident. And um, so she was a little girl. She was eight years old. And I think her brother was around 14. And so he dies in a tragic motorcycle accident. And to your point of things can being something small and we don't realize it at the time. Well, this isn't small, right? So her brother is, her brother dies and the adults in the situation are like, oh, we need to make sure she gets some help. And so they have her go see a counselor, right? So a lot of the big things that happen to us when you're in a healthy family, a relatively healthy family, you're going to get help for. So the adults around are like, oh my gosh, tragic death. Let's get her to a counselor. Let's get her to a therapist, right? Which is what happened. But the reason I'm telling this story is that she actually lost two people that day because what the family didn't do is the family did not get help for everybody in the family and the dad never got help. And so her father, she basically lost her father at the, on the same day because her father never got help and he never recovered. So her father, because he lost his son, he was so distraught and upset that he was never the same father again. And so it wasn't until she was an adult, this is like 30 years later, that she realized the reason this was so tragic was not because her brother died, but 
it was because it was the last time that she ever interacted with her father in a real way. And so it just goes to show you that sometimes we can look at these big issues and think that we're addressing them. Dad should have gotten help too, because he never was the father again in her life that she needed. And so, yeah, sometimes big things are overlooked and sometimes small things are overlooked. And we just never want to leave any stone unturned, I suppose, if somebody's having a problem, why not just go directly into the subconscious mind to figure out what's actually happening there? Right. I think that's such a great example of how of how that there's so many levels to us that we're not always aware of. And I, I would guess she may not have even realized for a while that there were two losses there until she did this work and right until she was in my office 30 years later like that's what was still bothering her was the fact that she didn't realize she had lost her father at the same time right and 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 kind of getting to be able to get in touch with that and see that and shift that and then having that realization she didn't has the power to to change maybe her responses to it change how she is with it, I guess. Well, and she had to grieve is really what she had to do because she basically lost her father at the same time. And so she had to, and she didn't realize that that's what happened. So there was this incongruence in her mind about the whole experience that just didn't feel right. And when she uncovered that, when she realized that it was because she lost her father at the same time, as, as painful as that was, it actually made so much sense. That's why she wasn't able to connect with him anymore. So she didn't feel bad about not having the relationship with him that she wanted because there was this shift that took place in him that she hadn't acknowledged. Right. Wow. That's amazing. That's a great story. I mean, that really shows how deep this work can go. Yeah. And every single client is like that. And I can tell you the results for each client, like kind of like the insight that they have that causes them to be able to shift is different. Sometimes clients are like, oh my gosh, I, I, I was aware of that, but I didn't realize it had this big of an impact, right? And so they're able to work through it. And sometimes it's something so that they didn't even realize was a big deal at all until they're in hypnosis. And now they're realizing, wow, that really did hurt my feelings more than I realize, for example. Wow, that is awesome, Erica. I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing all of this because I think so many people can can relate to this process and, and can feel stuck and want help and not know how to do it. So before you go, though, if anybody's listening, I, I hope people are listening to the podcast, <laughs> but what would you want to share to any any of the listeners out there? So I would say if there's something in your life that you think you should be able to do, but you're not able to follow through, the answers are very likely in your subconscious mind. There's a lot of ways to tap into the subconscious mind. You could take a trek in the Andes or something like that. But my favorite way is hypnosis because we get repeatable results. And so I would say absolutely consider hypnosis uh, if you feel stuck. So you know you want to do something but aren't following through. Excellent, excellent job for hypnosis. Awesome. Erica, how can people find you if they want more information about you, want to contact you? How can they get a hold of you? Um, they can find me at cascadehypnosiscenter.com. I also have a free relaxation recording that they can get there to start experiencing hypnosis and how to calm the mind. And for folks who are interested in helping other people with hypnosis, you can get a free copy of my best-selling book, Can You Be a Hypnotist at canyoubeahypnotist.com. 
Awesome, Erica. I appreciate so much you coming on and sharing your wisdom with everybody and, and sharing your hope. Excellent, Wayne. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. And I hope that this has helped some people. And I look forward, if any of your listeners want to reach out and ask me any questions about hypnosis, feel free to do that. Oh, thank you so much. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Addicted Mind podcast. All the show notes will be at theaddictedmind.com forward slash 99. Once again, please rate and review us in iTunes. Share the podcast with a friend. I really appreciate it. I love all the feedback that I've gotten from you guys that this is helpful and that you appreciate this work and that this is adding something positive to the world. And that means a lot to me. So thank you for doing that. Also, I want to ask you one more favor. If you would like to share your story of hope, record a little bit of audio about your own recovery, maybe something that is gratitude or a quote or just a little bit of your own recovery story, I would love to feature it on the Addicted Mind podcast. So if that's a fit for you, just go to theaddictedmind.com forward slash hope and record your message of hope, a little bit of audio that I can add to the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. So if that's a fit for you, please do that. And I hope that you have a wonderful day and I will talk to you on the next episode. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.